Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. If you're a math person listening today, you'll love this. Today, Pastor J.D. shares that Jesus fulfilled many prophecies, In fact, a mathematician created a real-world scenario that represents the odds of Jesus fulfilling just eight of the many prophecies he fulfilled. It would be like covering the state of Texas with silver dollars, then marking one silver dollar and sending a person out and asking them to pick that marked silver dollar on the very first try. Completely impossible. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on November 3rd, 2019. If you're anything like me, and I suspect that many of you are, you can't help but notice the current state of upheaval on a global scale in the world today. I think you would agree that the world is in a state of turmoil and disorder. As you look around and see what's taking place all over the world, I mean even as we speak the situation in Hong Kong is getting worse seemingly by the day. Protests abound in all uh, parts of the world, uh, particularly here in America. I mean, it's really seemingly getting worse with each passing day. And that's what I want to talk with you about today. I want to talk specifically about how God in His Word foretold that this is exactly what would happen at the time of the end. If you were to ask me what I thought was one of the most exciting aspects of Bible prophecy, the accuracy with which God foretells the future would have to be it. Actually, 100% accuracy, not 99.9, 100% accuracy is the gauge by which we measure whether or not a prophecy is false, or even a prophet is a false prophet or not. If it doesn't come to pass with 100% accuracy, it is a false prophet, and as such, a false prophecy. Now, the reason I mention this is because everything we see happening in the world today is exactly with 100% accuracy, as God said it would be at the time of the end, prior to His return first in the rapture of the church, and then subsequently, seven years later, the second coming. 
It's been said that the rapture is when Jesus comes for us, and the second coming is when Jesus comes with us as ten thousands by His side, as His bride by His side. I want to, if you'll draw your attention to a particular prophecy in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24. This is affectionately referred to as the Olivet Discourse. It's when Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he tells them in verse 1 of chapter 24, well, this is when he left the temple and was walking away. It was actually when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to the temple and the buildings and the structure which stood there in all of their magnificent splendor. So verse 2, we're told, Jesus asks them, do you see all these things? And he's pointing to the temple there. Truly I tell you, this is stunning, listen to this, not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. Wow, what specificity. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? It's really technically a threefold question. Let's just condense it down to a twofold question. They're asking Jesus, okay, what will be the signs of your return and what will be the signs of the end of the age? And listen to his answer in verse 4. He says, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming, I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And then he says this, there will be famines and earthquakes in various places, and all of these are the beginning of birth pains. The reason I wanted to start with this prophecy is because here we are now, some 2,000 years later, and we can go back and with 100% accuracy see the first part of this prophecy fulfilled. And it happened in 70 AD when Jerusalem was sacked and the temple destroyed. You have to understand that there was large amounts of gold in the temple. And it's believed that the gold from the fire began to melt. And in order to get that gold, they had to get those stones and take them down to get to the gold. Oh my goodness, that's exactly what Jesus said. Not one stone will be left. They're going to take every single stone and they're going to throw it down to get to the gold. It happened exactly as he said it would, 70 AD. He might say that the Lord's got a pretty good track record going here. Keep in mind that there were over 300 prophecies about the first coming of Jesus Christ that were fulfilled with 100% precision accuracy. Not 99.9, 100%. .9, 100%. 
And just the probabilities, statistically, the odds of even fulfilling, say, eight of those over 300 prophecies of His first coming are astronomical, incalculable, unfathomable. In fact, there was one, we've talked about this during Resurrection Sunday, there was one by the name of Peter Stoner that actually, a mathematician, you got to love mathematicians, who actually tried to figure out what would be the, the odds of one man fulfilling just eight of those prophecies. And I, I'm probably going to botch this, bear with me, I'll be as uh, brief as I can, but he likened it to this. It would be the same odds as taking the state of Texas and stacking up silver dollars, I don't know, I remember how high, and in, over the entire state of Texas, and then blindfolding a guy and saying, you have to pick the right one of those silver dollars out of all of those silver dollars stacked so high covering the entirety of the state of Texas. That would be the odds of just fulfilling eight. Eight. Did I say eight? So the specificity, the accuracy. And he goes on to describe now what's going to be the signs of the coming of the end of the age. And here we are now in 2019, and we have witnessed Israel's rebirth as a nation, the return of the Jews to their land. <laughs> and to me, I truly believe it set in motion a final countdown of sorts. And it started on May 14th of 1948, when with specificity and accuracy, the prophecy is, can a nation be born in one day? Answer, yes. Never happened before, it'll never happen again. It happened in one day, by one vote, in the United Nation, exactly as God said it would on May 14th, 1948. Now fast forward to 1967, June. That's when Israel recaptured their eternal capital of Jerusalem, 1967. I really believe that's when <laughs> it really started speeding up, as it were. And now here we are today, and Israel is now on the cusp of rebuilding the third temple. I mean, on the cusp. However, Bible prophecy indicates that it will come on the heels of war, which brings about the seven-year peace agreement. Listen to Zechariah chapter 12, verse, verses 1 through 3. A prophecy, the word of the Lord concerning Israel. The Lord who stretches out the heavens, who lays the foundation of the earth, and who forms the human spirit within a person declares, I am going to make Jerusalem a cup that sends all the surrounding peoples reeling. Judah will be besieged as well as Jerusalem. And then, listen to this, on that day, verse 3, on that day, when all the nations of the earth are gathered against her, I will make Jerusalem an immovable rock for all the nations. All who try to move it will injure themselves. Another translation renders it, if you try to cut up Jerusalem, divide Jerusalem, 
That's my city. I put my name, literally, on Jerusalem. If you try to cut it up, I'm going to cut you up. You try to divide it, I will divide you. You try to move those immovable boundary stones, those burdensome boundary stones. Try see. (laughs) Try see. I would submit that day is today. And it's evidenced by this Jerusalem Post report about how Avigdor Lieberman, in referring to comments by IAF Chief Major General Norkin, is saying that Israel is in, quote, an emergency security situation. Listen to this, quoting Lieberman. When IAF Commander Major General Norkin warns that the challenge of aerial defense is becoming more complex and the threat of missiles and rockets is now being joined by drones and cruise missiles, and when the IDF is deploying David Sling and aero defense systems, it means we are in an emergency situation. It's coming to a head. To make matters even worse, Israel's emergency security situation comes at a time It's it's the worst possible time when Israel believes it can no longer look to or count on the United States. According to the Times of Israel, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu told a group of ministers that they should not expect the U.S. to take serious action against Iran for at least the next year. Netanyahu on Thursday hinted publicly for the first time at unease with Washington's hesitancy to take action, echoing statements in recent weeks from officials speaking off the record about Iran's growing boldness. Several weeks ago, Netanyahu told cabinet members in a closed-door meeting that U.S. President Donald Trump would not act against Iran until U.S. general elections in November 2020, at the earliest. Have a nice day. (laughs) Wait a minute, we have to wait till the elections next year? Well, speaking of elections, the Jerusalem Post is reporting that a third, can you believe this, a third Israeli election, unprecedented, never happened before is now looking likely because of the ongoing coalition talks ending in a deadlock. It's important to understand that nobody wants a third election, and they're doing everything they can to avoid it. Just this morning there were reports about Naphtali Bennett being willing to sit in opposition in order to prevent another election. Now, the jury is out on how this will all play out. But in the meantime, look at what's happening. There are those who want to impeach the U.S. president, and there are those who want to indict the Israeli prime minister. Everything's on hold. And I was thinking about this this morning on the way here, that 
the current state of disorder could in fact be the catalyst for the new world order. Let me say that again. The current state of disorder in the world today could be priming the pump, as it were, readying the world for that leader, the Antichrist, to come on the scene with a solution. This new world order, this one world order, one world religion, one world economy, and one world government, as we witness now in real time, and even at breakneck speed, the disorder governmentally in not just Israel, but what we're seeing here in the United States. I have to say, and you'll forgive me, <laughs> um, now how do I say this? I want to be very careful. I'm learning it's not so much what I say, it's how I say what I say. Just ask my wife, she'll tell you about that. <laughs> but um, I don't see this ending well. What's happening in the U.S., to the U.S., I, I just, I'm sorry, but I, I, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. I mean, what in the world? <laughs> and then I, I look at what's happening in Israel, and I think to myself, it doesn't look good there either. In fact, it looks worse. <laughs> but then I have to stop and remind myself that this is exactly what God said would happen with precision accuracy at the time of the end. One last article, and it has to do with the peace plan. On Thursday, Ynet News reported about the departing U.S. Special Envoy Jason Greenblatt saying in an interview with Al Arabiya Network that the current time is inappropriate for the publication of the Trump administration's peace plan for Israel and the Palestinians, I'll add so-called, also known as the deal of the century, given the delay in the Israeli government's coalition formation process. Now don't you find it kind of curious, dare I say even suspicious, that Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel, Trump, the President of the United States, both are on the receiving end of this movement afoot, gaining traction to get rid of them? Isn't that peculiar? Do, do, you, do you see the connection here with what we're told in the Bible about what's going to happen at the time of the end? Where's the U.S.? Well, something must happen to the United States, because we just got done reading in Zechariah 12 that all the nations of the earth will be gathered against Jerusalem. All means all. <laughs> that includes the United States. So what happens to the United States? Nobody's left to come to the defense of Israel. And make no mistake about it, Iran, when they chant, and they do chant, I'm talking, when I say Iran, I'm not talking about the Iranians, the Persians, which, by the way, they're coming to Christ by the multitudes in Iran of all places. 
They're coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus is appearing to them in dreams and revealing himself as the Christ, their Savior. And I mean, they're all in, full on, on fire for Jesus Christ in Iran. So when I say Iran, in the prophetic sense, I'm talking about the Ayatollah, and I'm also talking about President Rouhani, the the leadership, the Islamic Republic of Iran. When they chant, death to America and death to Israel, they do so because it's first death to America, then it's death to Israel. Once there's death to America, then we can go and destroy Israel. See, America is the great Satan. Israel is the little Satan in the eyes of these deceived Islamic uh, regimes. They see Israel as the little Satan, the United States as the great Satan. And so, please, and let me hasten to say parenthetically that our battle is not against flesh and blood. I, I need to say this. This is one of those times when the Holy Spirit's pretty uh, strong, and I realize that sometimes when you see me up here struggling and fumbling and bumbling, I'm usually having a, a talk with the Holy Spirit, or I should say the Holy Spirit's having a talk with me, and I'm kind of wrestling a little bit because I'm feeling that and sensing that He's impressing upon my heart to share something. And I, I do have to share this, because I, I think this is the Lord. And maybe this is a word for somebody here today, or maybe for somebody in our online church. And we just got done talking about it in Thessalonians. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Democrats and Republicans, conservatives and liberals, right and left. (sighs) Sometimes, and I have to maybe speak for myself, I have to be careful that I don't come off more as a conservative than I do as a Christian. That's not the, that's not the right battle. <laughs> that's not the right fight. That's not the good fight. We're not wrestling against people. I mean, let me, let me ask you this question. Do you really believe that having the right political party in office is going to solve our problems? Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that's the answer? Is the right political? And I would venture to say that for the most part, you are and would identify as being a conservative, a conservative Christian. I almost don't like those words because of the implication of it. What do you mean a conservative Christian? I mean, if you're, that's redundant, isn't it? If you're a Christian, you by default are a conservative, right? It plays right into the hand of the enemy. I, I, I know I'm kind of uh, struggling here to communicate as clearly as I can, but I, I, maybe I just need to come out and say it. Um, can we just love one another? Are you ready? If not, you need to be ready because our redemption draws nigh. This is what Jesus said about seeing these prophecies begin to come to pass in Luke chapter 21, verse 28. 
This verse speaks directly to the heart of the prophecy update that Pastor J.D. shares each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth. The goal for each prophecy update is twofold. First, to equip you with information you need to live in these exciting last days. Second, to encourage you in your faith in the Creator of the universe. Every word in the Holy Bible is 100% true. We're seeing that fact being proven each and every day. We pray that you have been both blessed and challenged by today's Prophecy Update. And we do hope you join us again for tomorrow's conclusion to this Prophecy Update from Pastor J.D. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of today's broadcast, you can become a Facebook friend with us by logging on to www.inspiritandtruthradio.com. We've provided a link to our Facebook page. Another great option to stay current with Pastor J.D.'s Prophecy Updates is to subscribe to the Aloha Bible Prophecy Update YouTube channel. The Prophecy Update YouTube channel has all the current updates that Pastor J.D. has shared as well as an archive of past updates. Again, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and follow the link to the Prophecy Update YouTube channel. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Please join us tomorrow as Pastor J.D. concludes this prophecy update. That's next time on In Spirit and Truth.